Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. No matter where you are in the world, I'd like to welcome you back to another episode of Whose World Is This with Junior Renee Bobrun. Thank you guys for tuning in. If you're a first-time listener, I'd like to welcome you back or welcome you to this ongoing conversation that is now in its 80th episode. If you're a long-time listener or a repeat listener, I'd like to welcome you back. And thank you for listening. Thank you for taking the time out. It's well, it's much appreciated. Um, thank you guys for contacting me and sharing these posts and I'm sharing these um, conversations and, and reaching out to me directly, whether it be off or online about the content that we speak about here. Um, oftentimes during my conversations, I allude to the, f during these conversations, I allude to the fact that some of the premises of the conversations that we're having together collectively are conversations that I've had privately with friends. And, and I bring that to the table if I feel or I deem that I, I can glean something that more people can uh, take information or take lessons from. If it's just something between a friend of mine and, or a colleague or cohort, I won't bring it up. But if I feel that we can extract something from a macro perspective and, and have a larger, broader conversation based on a particular topic that was spoken about, then I'll bring it up. Um, I've done that on, I've done that in subsequent episodes, episodes that you will hear shortly. This episode I'm doing today, I call it a tweener because I already have several episodes that are scheduled to be published by the end of March and into April, into the first or second week of April. I've already done them. Um, I did one in particular about, uh, Russia one and um it's it's basically speaking about an article that echoed a lot of my sentiments from scholars and and journalists who know better than i but i was speaking about how i did my russian episodes in early early march first four or five days of march and this article was published in march 14th march 15th so it lets you know that sometimes i'll do two three four episodes in a night in an evening in a morning just like, oh, I, I have something. There's a stream of consciousness. I go with it. <clears throat> and then I'll publish them. And sometimes I'm late with episodes. And it's like, okay, I got to do one at a time because I got to put an episode out because I haven't done a few in a while. Um, the reason why I say that is this episode is I'm going to fit it in uh, in between three or four episodes I've already done. Why? Because this episode has to deal with the events that occurred at the 2022 Oscar Awards, which were held uh, on Sunday, March 27th, this year, 2022. So I feel that it's important only because it's a macro conversation that I will be having about the male-female dynamic soon enough in episodes that will be forthcoming. As a matter of fact, let me see. What episode is that? As a matter of fact, yeah. One of the episodes I'm doing is uh, called Men Build and Destroy. And there's another episode called, I, I won't mention it, but the next one is Men Build and Destroy. And that's supposed to be tomorrow. I'm doing this, today is Tuesday, March 29th. Um, I wanted to do this episode yesterday, but I had a lot of work to do and I wanted to do it. And now everyone has chimed in um, of the events that have occurred during the Oscars between Will Smith, Chris Rock, Jada Pinkett in the background 
And there are a million memes, there are a million people chiming in, there are a million opportunists looking to get views and whatever the case may be. As I've said before, I stray away from doing uh, current event topics where I, I don't do celebrity gossip. I don't do uh, 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 just pluck it out of the current events pool and just use it as fodder, use it as a hashtag that may, you know, catch the algorithm and then hoist my platform up. The reason why I spoke about U.S. and Russia at nauseum is because it brought up a lot of conversation about what this platform is. It's consistent with this platform about whose world is this? Do you live in a hostile or do you live in a peaceful universe? Which is the main premise of this show from episode one. So U.S. v. Russia, U.S. Russia v. Ukraine, all of these dynamics played into that perfectly. Our biases, whether it be our nationalism, whether it be our our, 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 our propaganda, whether it be how we were socialized, taught, indoctrinated, educated. So that's the reason why I spoke about Russia. Even though, And that's a current event. But there are many, many things that are going on in the world or going on in our country that I won't speak about because I find them to be low-hanging fruit and I don't feel as if I can glean a broader conversation about it. Or if I can, it's a redundant conversation. But this is important. This is important what happened at the Oscars between Will Smith, Chris Rock, and Jada Pinkett. Why is it important? Because it actually leans into some of the things that I will be speaking about in the next two episodes after. So that's why I'm tweening this episode. I'm fitting it, retrofitting it in between and segueing it into the things that we will be speaking about that have already been published. I mean, I've already, I mean, scheduled them. You know, for April 3rd and other uh, March 30th, today's March 29th, I had an episode called Men Build and Destroy for March 30th. And I'm going to move that so I can publish this maybe today or tomorrow. Um, and it's important. Why? Let's let's start from the beginning. Let's start from the beginning. I let's talk about me and my relationship with. Both of these men, Will Smith Chris Rock. I was a kid, practically a baby, when I discovered Will Smith's music. Music. If anyone doesn't know, Will Smith started as a rapper. He didn't start as an actor. He didn't start as an Oscar award-winning actor. He didn't. He started as a rapper. And when I mean rapper, some people remember him from his 90s rap, his Big Willie style and his Welcome to Miami, and he's wearing suits and he's looking like a movie star who's rapping. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. I'm talking about DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince from West Philadelphia, whose debut album, Rock the House, in 1987 went gold. And it had the hit single, Girls Ain't Nothing But Trouble. <laughs> great song, great video, great story. <clears throat> A storyteller from the first time he touched the mic. Will Smith is a pioneer. Do you understand? He's part of that era. Within, the, within three years of his debut, hip-hop gave us Big Daddy Kane, KRS-One, Rakim, Public Enemy. And guess what? Will Smith was opening up for the biggest act in, in hip-hop music. And he fit right in. DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince 
were opening up for hip-hop luminaries that are now on hip-hop's Mount Rushmore, that are now in music's Mount Rushmore, and there's an argument that they belong in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame or they need to do their own Hall of Fame, separate and apart, as opposed to begging favors from the rock and roll music intelligentsia elitists who think that hip-hop is some sort of sub-subgenre, which rock was early on in its uh, uh, <clears throat> creation as well, was considered that. But in any case... <clears throat> that's how far back I go with Will. <clears throat> Girls Ain't Nothing But Trouble. To songs like I Think I Can Beat Mike Tyson. Great songs. You watched them. You rewound them. You, you recorded them on your VHS. You kept, you wanted to see the video because his storytelling was great. His video treatments to the stories were even better than the story itself. The man was a comedic actor before he got an opportunity to act in his show, which became the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Which is a, a take on his life as DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. A kid from West Philadelphia goes to Bel-Air because he got into trouble in the streets of Philadelphia, etc., etc. So I've been a supporter of his since I was yay, yay, yay big. A big supporter, a fan. I didn't look at him any differently than I looked at other hip-hop luminaries. He was part of the ingredients that made hip-hop great to me, fantastic to me, just a, an amazing art form to me. Everyone with their colorful names. I'm Slick Rick. I'm the Big Daddy Kane. I am Rakim Allah. I am the Fresh Prince. All of these people with these names, and I'm a kid going, whoa, all these funny names and all these videos and these stories and these, these animated storytelling styles it's, it's amazing he was amazing then he decided to become an actor he's on this television show where he's not an actor there are seasoned actors on this show and his charisma his talent his 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 ability to charm the audience makes him as worthy to be on that tv screen as anyone so rap music is hip-hop Fans and artists always consider themselves to be underdogs because everyone looks at the rappers. They come from, they speak about the inner city, which no one wanted to speak about. You have your Lionel Richies and your Michael Jacksons and your Princes and your Whitney Houstons. And here come these rap guys with their gold chains and their funny outfits. And they're not speak because America wanted to be a post-racial America in the 80s. They wanted to use Michael Jackson and Lionel Richie and the rest of them as 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 uh, figurines for progress. Meanwhile, crack epidemic is hitting. Uh, drugs are invading communities. OK, single motherhood is becoming more prevalent. Men are getting locked up. Black men are getting locked up and killed and overdosing. And women now are giving birth to a new term, a new child called crack babies and guess what Shaka Khan Whitney Houston Michael Jackson Prince Lionel Richie and the rest of them and Shalimar and De El DeBarge none of them were talking about that so hip-hop said hey listen hey guys hey 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 we're over over here we have something to say unapologetically this is not just music as the great late great prodigy once said this is deeper than rap music we got something to say, and the music industry at large was utterly embarrassed. Black R&B, white rock music, 
everyone in between was like, oh my God, who are these foreign invaders? They considered hip hop to be the Dothraki. What Westeros and King's Landing considers the Dothraki in Game of Thrones, that's what hip hop was to the entertainment industry. Savages. That's what hip hop was considered. So hip hop has always considered itself, even till today, even though it's the most popular, uh, most lucrative art form in America, for better or for worse, in its, in its current incarnation. But in any cases, it still considers itself an underdog. And so when you get a Will Smith on TV, you have LL Cool J doing I Need Love and doing movies and you have hip hop movies. It's like, oh, wow, we're on the screen. So it's one of those things. If you're part of this hip hop, quote unquote, culture, I don't like to call it a culture because it's not, but it's, it's music, it's entertainment. It just speaks from real life things going on that be considered that could be considered uniform experiences going from east to west coast it's not a culture though but um cultures have standards protocols and norms and traditions this does not okay it's a free for all but in any case here you are you're part of this thing you don't know what it is yet because the next artist is the best artist and this one is doing that one and it's so new and people are inventing it as they go along as this new terminology they use now they're building the plane while it's in the air flying that was hip-hop music in the 80s they're building it as it's in the air there are no rules rock had rules jazz had this it's not rules, but it's rules. You got the horn, you got the piano, you got the this, certain lick. But this classical music has rules. This hip-hop thing, where you're dressing, what slang you're using, what are you talking about? It was all brand new. Everyone was breaking new ground, including DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. Groundbreaking. Groundbreaking hip-hop group, period. You look at the annals of hip-hop and you get to do the rewind after 30, 40 years. You go, yeah, groundbreaking, okay? Man debuted 35 years ago with a gold album and a hit single, which means he came out the gate winning. We're going to get back to that, winning. Will Smith came out of the gate winning. Already his first taste, winner. <laughs> Considered good to great in his era. Okay, some people dismissed it as, uh, you know, novel, but many, the purists, he was on those bills with the public enemies and the LL Cool J's, the luminaries, said, yeah, Fresh Prince, DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince, you're one of us. Okay, moving on. So when he gets on television, NBC, what? This is after the Cosby show, um, years after the Cosby show, and there was no real other... Uh, show like the Cosby show to uh, fill that gap, that whole black family comedy. You know, they had Family Matters, I think was on ABC, but NBC had a whole after, you know, Different World and, and Cosby show were off the, now you have the Fresh Prince. Here you go. Now you have Will carrying a sitcom in prime time on a major network. For us hip hoppers in New York, he was one of us. One of us is on NBC. Because before that, guess what? None of us were on NBC. They may have been black or whatever or identified as black or identify as black. But they weren't hip hop. This is a hip hop dude, a rapper who's now on Front Street on NBC. 
support. It was nothing but, oh, man, look at that Fresh Prince. We all wanted him to win. And when I say we, I mean us hip-hop guys, hip-hop dudes, hip-hoppers, backpackers, all of us, fans of the art. So he was winning. So when he transitioned from that to becoming Mr. Independence Day and breaking all kinds of movie records for summer blockbusters, records that were only held uh, um, um, only uh, 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 reserved for the Tom Cruises of the world. And wait a minute, you're telling me that we have a hip hop guy that's breaking action movie records like Tom Cruise, like a Mission Impossible, like wait, like James Bond. What? It was like, w what's going on? Groundbreaking once again. <laughs> groundbreaking so will to a certain degree in this rap thing of ours was a superhero he was like wow look at this dude dude went from being this rap guy doing it his own way playing this mr nice guy and the image that he's had through the movies is the same image that he's cultivated and curated and created from 1986 1987 this is a 30 five year architectural endeavor you understand so that if you go back and you go listen to girls ain't nothing but trouble the video go look at i think i could beat mike tyson and go look at dj jazzy jeff and the fresh prince on youtube and look at the videos go back and look and you'll see wow he used a lot of those tenants to create the fresh prince of bel-air a uh, character a lot of that is based on that. Then he departed from that when he became that Will Smith now. No more Fresh Prince. I'm Will. And then the rapping with the suits on and the shirt, the shirt open, showing off his little chesticles and all of that stuff, you know, biceps and yeah, I'm, I'm an action star. But look where it started. That same amenable character, the same charm, the same charisma that he was using in 87, he was using in 97, he was using in 2007 and 2017 and 2020 with his YouTube channel, smiling and charming the world, etc., etc. It's the same thing. It's that it thing that you don't know what it is, but you know when you see it. You know when you're around it. He had the it thing, and he was able to translate the it thing and transcend music, transcend race, and go into the movies and be an A-list actor. Not just a quote-unquote black actor, just an A-list actor, period. $20 million a movie. What? And we watched him carefully curate and create this character that wanted to be liked by everybody. If you look at The Rock... Right now, Rock is taking most of his cues on how to interact with the media and the people and the smile and the ha-ha-ha and the disarming nature of The Rock, even though he's 6'5 and 300 pounds of pure testosterone. But somehow he finds his way to create this teddy bear persona that he's the every guy's guy. That's from Will. He gets a lot of that it and created it. That's a lot of that's from Will what Dwayne Johnson's doing now. Do you understand? So we watched Will. And then I watched Will. In my eyes, there was a diminishing moment when he was doing his more pop albums 
back when he was a now he's a movie star and he's carefully curating this image that he already had from the 80s. And now he's calling himself good rap. Bill Cosby and the black bourgeoisie and the Robert Johnson, former CEO of BT and Bill Cosby and Oprah Winfrey and the black intelligentsia and bourgeois millionaire class of entertainers are now calling Will Smith good rap. As if, you know, because he doesn't use profanity and he's saying, yeah, I don't curse. I don't have to curse to hey rappers. So now he was lecturing the hip hop industry. And I said to myself, hey, Will, you do what it is that you do. Awesome. You went pop. Your music isn't as good. You have a bunch of ghost writers in the room. It's awesome. But it doesn't matter. We still support you. But do not admonish people that are telling their story. Because now you sound like those same bourgeoisie R&B people from the early to mid-80s who are trying to castrate hip-hop before it could do what it needed to do and tell its story. And we would have never gotten a KRS-One, a Rakim, a Public Enemy, a Big Daddy Kane. We would have never gotten a Nas, a Tribe Called Quest, a Busta Rhymes. We would have never gotten these luminaries if we allowed R&B to shut it down. And so now you're calling what you do good rap because you don't use profanity. Well, guess what? Richard Pryor is considered the greatest comedian of all time. He uses a lot of profanity to get his words across. George Carlin, who's my personal greatest comedian of all time, can be profane as they come. And he comes from the lineage of who? Lenny Bruce. All of them came out of the, 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 that vessel, that, that, that tunnel that Lenny Bruce opened up. Okay? Finding the profound and the profane. Okay? That's what comedians do. That's what artists oftentimes do. You do your thing. And allow everyone to do theirs. So you're not you're not George Carlin. You're not Bill Cosby hated Eddie Murphy's comedy and hated Richard Pryor's comedy because of the profanity. Bill Cosby, you have that right. You have that right. But you don't have the right to tell someone how to tell their story. Let them tell their story. You don't have to like it. So when Will did that and I saw who was in the room, I realized huh, you're kind of losing touch. You're creating this carefully crafted image now. Do what it is that you do. Let others do it their way as well, okay? Do not publicly admonish these artists. If you want to have a private conversation with them, you have all the access in the world. And the people you're in the room with now are not telling, they're not speaking truth to power. They are the power. So be very, very careful in which company you admonish people in. In any case, so I had a problem with that. That was my, that was my, hmm, I don't like that. Yes, of course, there were rumors about him and his wife, Jada Pinkett's relationship. And when I found out, when we all found out he was dating Jada Pinkett, we were like, okay. Because respectfully, at the time, she was a C-list actress. She was cute in the face, but wasn't very, as far as we were concerned, I don't know, talented. I mean, she just was part of that. There was a whole little kind of, uh, urban renaissance in black Hollywood around that time. You had movies like Boys in the Hood and you had movies like Menace to Society, which she was in. And so you had these movies that were just sort of based in inner city America, whether in L.A. or in, most likely in California at the time, because that's where it seemed. To, you had your poetic justices, you had set it off, you had all of these movies and they were OK. They, they were they were good for, you know, the scripts were decent and whatever, the decent plot line. 
But, you know, the actors and actresses in the movies were just okay oftentimes. They were just okay, truthfully speaking. And Jada Pinkett was just okay as an actress. Will Smith was superstar Will Smith already. He had already broken barriers down from hip-hop barriers to television barriers to now movie star barriers. So now you have this power couple dynamic that has to be carefully crafted and curated because he's already done a fantastic job of, of, of creating the Will Smith brand. And, and he's learning from Tom Cruise and everyone else, and he's next in line. And as far as he's concerned, I'm the next guy. I'm the Mission Impossible guy. I'm the one with several franchises. I have the Bad Boys franchise. I have the Men in Black franchise. I'm the one. Like, I'm the one who's going to have several franchises that I'm leading, and, and I can get people to sit in those seats in the theater. It's me. Superstar Will. All righty. So we're hearing rumors about their relationship, that it's open marriage, that it's this, that it's that. And the third, me personally not caring. I didn't care because that wasn't wasn't my business. And I was in the entertainment industry at the time. I knew a lot of people in entertainment growing up in Queens, New York. So it's a very small industry. Um, it's even smaller if you're black because there's only a very few black entertainers that are actually making money, whether it's in Hollywood or it's in music. So. If I knew one person who knew the other person, you could find out a whole host of information. A lot of it is innuendo. Some of it is based on envy and jealousy. So you have to take it all with a grain of salt. But I was hearing since the late 90s about Will and Jada. Didn't care. Guess what? Don't care now. I don't cast judgments or aspersions on your personal life until you make your personal life public. Now you make it fodder for the masses. I don't care. I don't want anyone digging up, digging up. If it's not criminal, immoral, unethical, then why do I need to know? Okay? Unless you expose it. So early on in their relationship, Jada Pinkett Smith, Will Smith's wife, let it be known that she had a relationship with Tupac Shakur. Okay? And Tupac was like her first love. That was her guy. And when Will Smith was courting her, she thought he was, quote, unquote, corny. She thought he was a corny rapper, a corny nerd guy, and she was just not into him like that. But he kept pursuing her. Now, let's think about that for a minute. Remember what we talked about winning? 1987, this man drops a debut album in rap and it doesn't flop. He goes gold, a gold album. That's a big deal. Okay. Your videos on the charts, or your whatever, you're you're out there, you're you're on the radar, and you're doing tours with the hip hop luminaries of the time, which is which is a sign of respect in and of itself. It's like, wow, they they think I'm good enough to actually be on this tour. Yeah, you're actually a must see because they had a great stage show. On top of that, so Will was a professional and a perfectionist from back then. His talent, respectfully in the entertainment industry, respectfully, far outweighs and supersedes the talent of his female counterpart, his wife, Jada Pinkett Smith. Moving on. He's used to winning. You won, on, you won in rap. You won in, in uh, 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 television. You went back to rap, did some albums. You went into the movies, blockbusters. This is a man who's used to charming everyone and getting the people to like them by sheer force of will 
no pun intended, and charisma. Using his it factor, honing that it factor, finding out the metaphysics and science of his it factor, and making more of that it factor, creating more magnetism, more mesmerization, more charisma. The one person he has not been able to win over in his life is his wife. Because at every single time we turn around, she finds ways to diminish this man. She mentions other men. I loved Tupac. That's more my style of guy. Will Smith is not Tupac. Will Smith does not come from that background, does not come from that musical background, that socioeconomical background, or that ideological background. Even though Tupac is a, was a thespian, was a master musician, a master actor, and w w could have been making, was making as much money, could be making as much money as a will per movie if he was still alive. Okay, because he was that good as an actor and that good as a musician. Okay, and he was magnetic. But it was Tupac's street style of magnetism that Jada Pinkett is accustomed to and is attracted to. And she finds a way to remind us, the general public, of that. Even till today, even as early as last year, as late as last year, Tupac died in the 90s. You understand? And she reminds us in the late 2000, 2000s of her affinity for her great love, Tupac. Now, this is a 50-year-old woman. This is a 50-plus-year-old man. What are you talking about flings that you had in the 90s now? Why? If for no other reason that your man who's accustomed to winning, your man who has this carefully crafted image of being Mr. Nice Guy, being everybody loves Will, making sure that everybody loved his music, everybody loves his TV, every TV shows, Everyone, he's winning awards for music. Then he's winning awards for uh, breaking block, breaking records as a movie star, breaking ground and records. He's used to winning, and he's used to winning people over. You listening to me? Let me tell you a little story about Will Smith. There's a reason why oftentimes people think Will Smith gets $20 million a movie. Will Smith does not get $20 million a movie. Will Smith's salary up front is $20 million, But Will Smith also gets something called last, first dollar, last dollar. What does that mean? Many, many movie stars in Hollywood that don't have real leverage and don't have a name, they have to wait for the movie to turn a profit before they can actually make money. Back-end money. They have to wait for the movie to turn a profit. And funny, and Hollywood accounting, they find a way to fudge the numbers up so you may not get all of your money. Will, people like Will, people like Tom Cruise, people in those realms, they don't wait for the movie to turn a profit before they get their money. They get the first dollar made. They are profit sharing from the beginning. It brought in seven dollars. I'm getting a piece of that seven. It brought in. I don't care if it. I don't care if the movie takes a loss or not. So they financially, they don't take a loss, because the movie studio may take a loss, but they don't take a loss because they're getting the first money from the first dollar. They get a percentage of that first dollar to the last dollar. So there's no confusion when you're dealing with with an actors of those caliber with that kind of leverage. So. Will Smith learned something very, very interesting about acting. He said he found out that actors hate to do press and hate to do promotion for their movies. They hate it. 
They hate it, hate it, hate it. So oftentimes, let's say Spain, uh, a Hollywood studio will spend a certain amount of money for the release of a movie in Spain. But if that actor or actress doesn't go to Spain and speak to those people, the movie may not make as much as it can. He said the difference between a movie in Spain, uh, uh, his one of his movies debuting in Spain, making 15 million or making 25 million, oftentimes has only to do with him showing up, doing one or two press events, smiling, learning a couple of words in Spanish, shaking a couple of hands and leaving. So studios love doing business with Will because Will said, I can make more money because I'm promoting myself. <clears throat> Forget about this movie. I'm promoting Will and what Will does. So what he did was, <clears throat> while all these other actors don't want to fly around to promote the movie, they, they, they did their part. They read their lines. The director said it's a wrap. Then it's a wrap. Now it's up to the editors and everyone else. If you need me to do some overdubs or whatever, I'll do that. But I'm not flying all over. I'll do a little Stephen Colbert. I'll do a little Jimmy Kimmel. I'll do a little Conan O'Brien. I'll do a couple of webs webisodes with some web interviewers. But that about it. I'm not flying all over the world to promote this film. Will did the opposite. Will said, I'll do everything you ask of me because I am going to will the public into going to the theater. And I'm going to will them by my charisma. I'm going to win them over like I've been accustomed to. So I'm going to go on the ground. I'm going to wave. I'm going to shake my hands at the crowd. I'm going to pop up at a wedding. I'm going to pop up at a restaurant. Drinks are on me. Dinner's on me. And guess what? That movie is going to go from 15 million in that country to 25 million just by the sheer will of my appearance, just by me appearing. Knowing a couple of words in that language. It's in his book. He said that in his book. This is a man who's used to winning people over. So when he couldn't win his wife over, when she was his girlfriend, and she was like, you're corny. He's saying to himself, wait, I'm Will. And this is without ego. I'm, saying that, I'm not saying this is an egotist or a narcissistic personality. I'm saying that when you're used to being that liked and you're used to being that loved, and you're used to giving out like and love and being warm and personable and approachable and amenable to people. And now all of a sudden you're being met with a certain amount of resistance. He's been attracted to that resistance. His whole life. That's why she brings up other men that are not like him that he can't compare to because that's different DNA. She brings up the fact that he was corny. You don't have to say that. I've heard plenty of women speak about how their husband of God knows how many years or decades courted them. They're like, yeah, he brought me flowers. He did this. I wasn't really interested at first. And then I just he just kept doing it. And then one day I looked at him and I said, he's my guy. There are many stories like that where the woman makes sure that she does not diminish. She'll indicate that she wasn't interested at first, but she does not diminish or insult or take shots or jabs at that man's character that is now her husband. Jada Pinkett Smith always finds a way to take a jab and use some sort of derogatory, derisive statement as it pertains to her man. She'll call him corny while he was chasing her. Yeah, he wasn't any Tupac. He wasn't straight. He was kind of corny, etc., etc. Diminish. 
to a dude who's not used to being or accustomed to being diminished. And this is the man who chose you because it's, it's, it's like what I said in an in a episode that you will hear soon. Women control access to intimacy. A man cannot get access to your intimacy unless you allow him to, unless it's a criminal act. But under normative circumstances, the only way that a man can get access to a woman's intimacy is if she gives him permission. Women have 100% autonomy over intimacy. But men have the key to marriage because we're the one who have to get the five, six-figure ring. We're the one who has to get on bended knee. We're the one who, ha- who has to say, will you do me the honor of being my dot, dot, dot wife? If we don't ask, you don't get. You don't get marriage if we don't ask. Women don't ask. 90 plus 5% of the marriage proposals in the West are done by men being brave enough and loving a woman enough and wanting a woman enough to, to go out and spend that kind of money on one piece of jewelry and get on bended knee and supplicate himself. There's no time when a man is on his knees. Men are never on their knees. You know when a man is on his knees? When he's praying to his, or his God or when the cops tell him to get on his knees and when he has to ask a woman's hand in marriage. It's a supplicating act. It's an act of pure... Uh, it's 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 an act where you have to submit yourself to something else. So you get on your knees and you look up at a church and then you get on your knees when you're in church and you look up at the ceiling. Or you put your head down and you're praying, submitting. The cop says, freeze, get on your knees with a gun to your head. You're submitting. And when you get on a knee. For your woman to say, please, will you be will you do me the honor? You are submitting. It's the only three times. And some of us aren't religious. I've never been in that situation. And some of us have have never been in a situation with cops and this, that and the third. I've been in all three situations. The church where I had to submit to a God at the time when I was a believer. The time when a cop told me, freeze, get on your knees or else I'll shoot you. And I got on my knees and then I got up and then he, you know. They punched me a couple times, but whatever. And then when I proposed to my woman, I got on one knee. I said, please. And she looked at me like, huh, what? And that time when you submit to your woman at that moment, I want every single woman out there to understand that men don't get on their knees. Men don't go on their knees. We don't do that. That's why when you look at the Russian mafia, they have stars on their knees. They say, because we don't submit to anyone. They put certain stars on their knees like, no, we don't we don't supplicate. We do not do that under any circumstances. We don't do that. We don't. So, women, I want you guys to acknowledge that when a man does that, a real man does that, that is one of the most important acts of his entire life. You you must always remember that that man actually got on a knee for you, no matter how rough times get. But real dudes don't go on their knees. We make it our business not to go on their knees. We have to either we're either going to submit. We're submitting to our God or we're submitting to a gun or an existential threat. And then there's our love for you. So you respect that man. You respect that man that got on bended knee. And then had to endure your wedding planning because he just wants to go to the courthouse and go get some wings afterwards and treat it like a Super Bowl party. But, you, you know, it's the pomp and circumstance. A man will probably never put on a tuxedo again. He'll never have that kind of day again. 
okay, most likely, but he's doing it for his woman. And he showed up at the wedding. He said, I do. He said, this is the suit I'm wearing. This is the color. Oh, babe, this is the color. He did it. Respect that man. Jada Pinkett Smith has yet to publicly show that she respects that man. He had this carefully crafted, curated image before he met her. And now they became this quote unquote Hollywood power couple. You had Brangelina, Brad and Angelina. You had P. Diddy and J-Lo. You had Ben Affleck and I think it was Jennifer Garner over to Benifer. You had Brad, Dent, you know, you had all these little couplings. That was like the wave for a hot second. If you guys remember, that was the thing. And then here comes Will and Jada, the coupling. Even though she wasn't as talented as an Angelina Jolie or a Garner or whatever else. But here she is propped up on a pedestal because your man is groundbreaking. Hardworking, groundbreaking, mesmerizer, Mr. Charisma, Mr. Hollywood. Everybody likes Will. And all you do is diminish him. Oh, yeah, I love Tupac more. Oh, yeah, he was kind of corny when I started dating him. Oh, yeah, 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 blah, 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 blah. I never liked the term wife when she has interviews. I never liked the term wife and submitting and wife and submitting. And I never liked the term. And you just look at her energy. And I look at how her energy is disagreeable. Her never smiles, a reluctant smiler. Someone who carries around a sort of embittered, embattled energy. And women will make excuses for, oh, we don't know what Will put her through. Uh, will put her on a pedestal. And every time Will talks about her, he exalts. Oh, my queen. Oh, Jade is my everything, etc., etc. So I watch him exalt his woman, and I watch the woman diminish her man. And then we all get uh, 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 wind in 2019, 2020, of some uh, 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 situation where Jada Pinkett Smith was having a sexual affair with her son's friend. While Will, and I noticed something about Will, I used to follow him on YouTube and I would watch him gallivanting around the world. He's in Australia, he's here and there, and he always looked happiest when he's not with his wife. And I noticed that. I used to say that to people. I said, you notice Will, Will Smith's channel is like the best YouTube channel? I mean, he, now he's conquered YouTube. Okay, a bunch of celebrities have YouTube pages, but here this guy was on YouTube getting tens of millions of views and the comments were, Will, we love you. We love your energy. Will, we just love you. Will, Will looks like the kind of person I want to hang out with. That image that he's been carefully crafting and curating since 1987, where a lot of it was who he was innately, and then he found the way to monetize and commodify it and control it. It's like having a superpower and then you got to go to Professor X to learn how to control it and channel it for that superpower to do what you want it to do. That's what Will did. Many of us wish that we could carefully craft what it is that we have and monetize it to the degree or even a percentage of a degree that Will has to 1% to the degree that Will has so far, Will Smith has. So then we hear about her now. 2019 or whatever the case she has this show called the red table talk where it's her mother three generations of women it's jada pinkett smith's mom and jada pinkett smith's daughter willow smith and they're at this table and it's a dark show i watched it one time out of curiosity well i could only stand about eight plus well seven minutes of it and i scrolled through some of it because there was some cringeworthy moments it's a dark show it's a show that has so much weight 
because Jada Pinkett Smith has been walking around for the better part of 20 years as if she's some sort of black matriarch in Hollywood or she's some sort of queen. She walks around with this crown and says, yes, this is how women should be. Wait a minute. You're in an open relationship. Your children are exposed to it, exposed to all types of different, funny, different, weird Hollywood religions and things like that. I'm not going to go into detail because I can't mention that religion by name because it's very powerful. So I, I, I won't do that, you know. And so you guys will figure it out. It ends in an ology. Figure out the rest. And I'm seeing them coming out of these ology tents. And I'm saying to myself, the average American watches an inordinate amount of television, four to five to six hours per day. And we are now vicariously living through the lives of these celebrities, these celebrities who are living in Hollywood, the same Hollywood that was feeding Drew Barrymore cocaine and alcohol when she was under 10 years old. An industry that is rampant with pedophilic proclivities and predilections, an industry that eats its young. If you let me tell you, parents out there. Would you drop your eight-year-old in, in a Hollywood studio the same way you drop your eight-year-old to public school? The way you drop your five, four, five-year-old to kindergarten or your three-year-old to a daycare, would you say, hey, these seem like some responsible adults. I'm going to put my kid in a Pampers commercial or a, or a Cheerios or a toy ad. I'm going to leave them with these responsible adults in Hollywood. Would you leave your child with a Hollywood producer and casting director and then go about your day for the next six, seven, eight, nine hours? What's your answer? If your answer is no, ask yourself why. Is it just, well, I don't know them. Is it just that? Is it just that? Hmm? I guarantee you when you drop your kid off at school, you don't know the name of every teacher. You probably don't even know the principal's name. You walked in and said, this is the zone school. You're going into school. This is school. Bye bye. I got to go to work. Right. You know, you know, a handful of the teachers in there. You don't know everybody. You don't know everyone in there. So you can't say, oh, I wouldn't do that because I don't know them. Mm. It's a little more than that. You could say, well, these people are used to doing kids. This is the children's division of the Pampers ads. I can leave my kids with these people. They're, they're rich. They're educated. They're well-to-do. They're well-heeled. Yeah, you wouldn't do that. Hollywood eats its young. So the reason why I'm saying that is because I've said it to you guys before in the, in the first few episodes in season one that many of us believe what's on our glass screen televisions before we believe what's going on out of the glass windows outside of our homes. We pay more attention and we're invested into the belief that what we're watching on screens, whether it's our telephone screens, our tablet, laptop, or, or television screens, we believe that those windows more than we believe the glass windows of our homes. What's going on outside of our door is real. What's going on on our screens is not real. It's make-believe. I'll continue on. So she's been walking around as if this alternative and been preaching her polyamorous lifestyle. Most people are just trying to find one mate. Okay, and trying to make that work. And she's preaching this, I couldn't just be with one person and et cetera, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. Meanwhile, black women in America are the least likely to be married. Only three out of 10 black women will marry in their lifetime. Hey, they cannot look at you as an example of your polyamorous because you're adding more variables when people haven't even mastered cooperating right now. Black people don't know how to get married in the 20th century. They knew how to get married in the 18th century. They knew how to get married in the 19th century. They knew how to get married for the better part of the 20th century. 
And all of a sudden, here come the 70s, 80s, and 90s, and the, uh, feminism, and this, that, and all and different kinds of movements that look to subvert family, the man, woman, and child dynamic. And here you are. 80% of black children will be born in single-parent households. And one of the leading causes of juvenile delinquency, according to the Department of Juvenile Justice, is single-parent households. Hello. Hello. So doing it alone and not cooperating with a man and finding out how to be a wife before you become a mom, you know, it's, it's not conducive to, produ to, to producing, uh, 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 you know, uh, contributory offspring, well-adjusted offspring. Doing it alone and not finding a way to cooperate with a man and figuring out how to be a wife before you become a mom is not conducive to being productive and creating a nation. When you talk about all this black community stuff and this, that, and the third, it's nation building. And nation building starts with the man, the woman, and the child, period, in the home, together, picking each other every morning and every night. That's nation building. So here is black people just happy to see themselves on TV. Well, people who identify as black and who are identified as black. I personally don't identify as black. I'm other. Because I'm more than just what the, the social construct of what it means to be black in America. Those boxes were not created by me. They were created by Anglos to simplify what I am. And when they see black, they come up with ideas. Oh, he must eat this. He must come from this background. He must listen to this kind of music. He must do A, B, and C. But you're not going to take into account that I'm first generation American. Oh, well, that, oh, well, that, oh, oh, yeah. Oh, that my great grandmother's of a different nationality or this, that, and the third. Or oh, my grandmother is mixed with, oh. Oh, 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 yeah, exactly. So I don't identify under the American construct of what it is to be black. OK, but those who do identify under that and who are identified as that, they look at black Hollywood as they're including us. So everybody gets uh, um, uh, a pass or some sort of exemption for their behaviors and you're a C-list actress and you're a C-list social, social commentator on what's going on with black women in America, with heart disease, with black men having uh, the fourth leading cause of death being homicide. Uh, black women are dying from heart disease, from poverty. They're making only 60, 70 cents of every dollar that a, that a male makes. And here you are telling them to be alone, do this, have multiple this, multiple that, creating a situation where they're inviting multiple men and multiple energies into their body. So you're promoting promiscuity because the discipline of being with one person and investing in one person is just too much for some people. It's too much for her. She's noncommittal. It's too much for her. You can see it in how she looks. Go watch the Red Table Talk and just look at her face. Look at all the pictures of Jada and Will when you see her scowl and you see his smile. Look at it. What you're looking at is a person that's carrying around a darker energy. And she admits that. At some point in time. So now she goes through this situation where she's in intimate relations while Will is gallivanting through the universe. Like I said, they have this sort of open dialogue situation, but in any case, an open relationship. He's out there gallivanting, doing whatever he's doing, smiling and shaking hands and kissing the babies. Look at the difference in their lifestyle. He's shaking hands and trying to meet and link with as many people and touch as many minds as hearts. I'm not making Will to be the hero here. I'm just showing a dichotomy. He's out there in the world. Australia, England, Spain, here, there, Dubai, hugging people, mute, blah, hug, yo, Will, we love you. And then Jada is at a red table, like the red witch in Game of Thrones, sitting there at the red table with her non-smiling mama, 
her non-smiling behind and her non-smiling Willow Smith sitting there. Brevity. Yeah, I don't like this. I think that. And I go, huh, interesting. And now this man comes out named August Alsina, who's a friend of her son, her 20-something-year-old early, a young son, friend of your son. He goes on the air. He's doing multiple shows and interviews and saying, I was in love with Jada. Jada and I were in a relationship. I used to stay at their house. I've had intimate relations with her in her home. I was in love with her, and I feel that she took advantage of me. I was going through an interesting uh, 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 a transit, transitional time in my life, and, she w- and we got into an, a, a situation, and I thought that it was going to be her and I. And here is an older woman, a seasoned woman. We never talk about that. Every time we have a conversation in this country about May-December romances is that this man is taking advantage of a woman. He's using his wealth and power in his 40s and 50s, and this 20-something-year-old poor girl, poor girl, doesn't get it. He, he's using, he's exerting, he's exerting, he's exerting. Meanwhile, since the beginning of time, men have dated older, younger women, younger women. Women mature faster than men because they have to. If I may quote a line from True Detective, women mature faster than men because they have to. Why? Because they are the, they're the birth givers. They're the mothers. They're the first teacher of the child, the first nurse, the first love, the first counselor of the child. So biologically speaking, a woman has to mature faster than a man. She has to because she's the one who's going to carry a child for nine months. So biologically, there's certain things about the world that she has to know that somehow, some way, innately, inherently, she has to mature faster. So men oftentimes will be in their 30s and 40s when they're at peak uh, provider point in their lives, when they're in their 30s and 40s. And they will find a woman who's in her peak procreation years, and that's in her 20s. That's natural. If a man is in his peak providing, because when you're a 20-year-old dude, you can't provide. You're, you're a barrister at Starbucks. You're a college student. You, you, you're rooming at your mom's house or you're rooming with a bunch of roommates and, you, and your sock is on the sink and your underwear is on top of the fridge. That's the life you're leading. Then you graduate college. You spend 10 to 15 years in a particular field making a name for yourself. And so by the time you reach 40, You are at peak provider. You're at 35. You're at peak provider stage. And that woman in her 20s is in her peak procreation stage because if she's 35, if you're 35, if she's 35, she's not at her peak procreation stage. She's in what's considered now geriatric pregnancy, high-risk pregnancy. That means something can happen to either her or the child or both adversely. So you at 35... If you're a 35-year-old professional man and you haven't started a family yet, yeah, you got to go back to, to, to the college student girl, to the girl who just graduated with her early childhood degree in education and go, she's in, pro, she's in peak procreation stage and your maturity will meet in the middle. You've been making a name for yourself as a man. She's making a, a little name for herself at that point, but yet at that point she's at her peak procreation phase. So all of this talk, so, but it's funny that when a man is dating a younger woman and now the younger woman goes boohooing on television, we look at the big bad patriarchy as the problem. Well, what about now? This boy, this man was on television crying, crying.
crying. How many men do you know that cry besides like Kanye West or whatever the case? They're crying. Men, we don't cry. We don't cry in front of you. We're not crying in front of a camera. That's not our way to get illicit sympathy. When, Ty, when Tyrese was crying because he felt that his, his, his daughter's mother was keeping his child away from him, he was boohooing and men ridiculed him. He was crying for his baby girl. The child support was too much money and he couldn't see his daughter and he's crying out his daughter's name and he elicited no sympathy. But if the situation were reversed and, and it was Tyrese's woman who was saying, I can't see my daughter because Tyrese and his Hollywood wealth and blah, blah, blah. I can't see her. And she was boohooing. Different response. Equality is going to mean we're going to have to treat these situations uniformly and equally, people. I'm speaking about that later on. Back to Will. Back to Jada. So now this August Alcina character is crying, boohooing, crying, boohooing all over the place. I'm like, holy moly, now it's a full-on mess. I'm looking at it and I'm saying, you see, I'm talking to all of my female friends, female women of color who actually admire the Will and Jada dynamic, power coupling, etc., etc., and bypass all of the things that she says to be extremely dismissive towards the nuclear family, the one man, the one woman, the children, or whatever. She says, there's plenty of ways to do this life thing. You're in Hollywood, multimillionaires. Your husband gets first, he gets $20 million for a role, and that's not including the money he gets profit sharing with the studio. Will can make up to $100 million for one movie based on the fact he's getting 20 up front, and then he's getting the first percentage of the first dollar made off that film. Whoa. You guys, he's a he's a billion dollar franchise in and of himself. And that man has eight, nine figures in the bank. OK, that's how much money he has. It's real money. It's serious liquid that man has. OK, so you guys get to make up things and you're in a place in Hollywood where they make up things as they go along. Everything is accepted behind closed doors. That's why Woody Allen is still running around. That's why Roman Polanski is still running around. A lot of things were happening. A lot of things, a lot of different kind of behaviors, okay? We're not going to go into all of that now, but everything is accepted in that world. I'm just watching you act. I don't want any parts of your world. I'm watching your performance. That's it. It's like when I go through a drive through window, yeah, let me get two of those, let me get some ketchup. I keep it moving after that. I don't need to know the background on you. I just need to know that my fries or my burger didn't hit the floor before you put it on my bread. I wish I knew that, but I don't. Because I guarantee you, if I knew how my burger was made, I wouldn't eat it. And I guarantee you, if I actually knew what these people were doing in Hollywood, I would throw my television out. All of them. I would cancel all of my subscriptions to all of my streaming services today if each and every one of you knew exactly what these people were doing. So when you're sitting there, looking at these carefully crafted, curated images. Every time you see them, there's a camera in their face. You don't know how they live their regular life. It's not like what you see outside of your window with your neighbors. When you see that, that couple taking the walk every morning together and that couple taking the walk every evening together and you see him mowing the lawn and shoveling her car out so she can get to work. And, and you see her when he's outside, she brings him some juice or some food or a sandwich and they standing in front of their car and they're cracking jokes and laughing. That's what I grew up seeing in my neighborhood. 
men outside washing their cars on Saturday mornings and then the wife comes out with a sandwich or whatever and he hoses her a little bit with the hose. She throws something at him and it's just funny. You don't see that with these couples. What you see are carefully curated moments that them and their publishing public relations and their corporations that make millions and billions of dollars off of them create these moments for you to see. And then you go, oh, look at the happy couple. No, the happy couple is the one that you see. The happy couples are the ones in your family. The happy couples are the ones that you see walking down your streets in your neighborhoods or in your dog parks. Those are the happy couples because you can confirm at least what you see because you still don't know what's going on in their homes, but you have enough of an overview of how they interact to go, you know what, they look like they have a decent time. For all we know that it's extremely, extremely adverse, averse, and it's repulsive behind the scenes. But from what you see, at least you're seeing them walking the dog. There's no cameras on. They're not performing. These people are performers. So when you see them, they're performing for you. They're performing and living up to the brand that they've set as the power couple, as the as the Will and Jada has walked in the room. That's what they're doing. And you and I and everyone else eats it up. And we think that's their life. I don't. It's, so when this August Alcina guy comes out and Will feels the need to try to do some damage control and he goes on his woman's red table talk show and he asks her about August Alcina and the, and the things that are coming out because he was getting lambasted by the Internet. The Internet is undefeated. Can't win. People are too funny and people have too much time on their hands. So like I said about these couples, you don't know if they've even seen each other all year before they did that uh, um, uh, picture that you saw that you have on your screensaver or that you've been liking and sharing. One person's been on a movie set for six months in, 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 in the Middle East. The other one's been on a movie set in California for four months. This time that they took that picture, they didn't even see each other. They barely called each other. They didn't even know what the other was doing. They had one or two FaceTimes. All right, talk to you later. They were sending messages back and forth via their personal assistance to each other. Like, oh, yeah, go tell my wife that I love her. Okay. Yeah. Will says he loves you. And Jada goes, yeah, tell him, yeah, thanks. She says, yeah, thanks. And he's like, ha, 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 yeah, that's funny. So in any case, here he goes. Will goes on this red table talk, and I'm looking at this man. I'm just looking at him from man, and I'm, and I'm going to say man to man. I can confirm that I'm a man. At this point, I don't know what he is. So I'm saying man to Will. So I'm man to Will. I'm looking, and I'm going, dude. And I watched it. I said, I got to see how this turns out. Are you going to hit her with the divorce papers now? Are you going to are you going to finally put her in a wife's place? Or does she even know what that place looks like? What does she even know what the majority of the world wants? And they don't want a majority of the, the men in the world don't want a woman like that. But this is your choice. But my problem was that they've been pushing their choice on the rest of them, rest of us. That's my that's my thing. I, I didn't try to kick in their door and see what was going on in their bedroom. They brought their bedroom to us. They kicked in our door. So she, he goes, hey, so what are you doing? I mean, what's this August, uh, you know, Alcina thing? She was like, yeah, you know, that was, you know, unfortunate. But, you know, I got involved in an entanglement. And he was like, an entanglement? And she was like, yeah. In her defiant, 
malevolent energy. She looked at him up and down, moved her neck to the side and said, yeah, um, an entanglement. And I looked at that and I I think my ears went numb. I think I went deaf because I thought about me sitting in that seat, which I could never do where Will was sitting. And I said, June, what would you do? What would Jesus do? What would Martin do? What would Malcolm do? What would June do? And let's just say that everything that Will did, I would have done the opposite. We'll just leave it at that. And like I said, this man has made his decision to be with this woman. He chooses her every morning and he chooses her every. This is the person he's chosen to procreate with, have babies with, leave his DNA, his DNA contribution, biological contribution to the world. This is the woman he chose. And I watched this man and I watched the visual, visible emasculation of this man. Everything that she had done or said about him until that point. I thought to myself, as a husband and as a public figure, you can, as a man, you couldn't get any lower in my eyes. He would have to do something criminal to get lower. To me, at that moment, 75% of the support I had for the man, I took off the table. I was like, dude, I can't, I can't do this. I, I, can't, I can't watch your YouTube videos anymore, your inspiring life. It's a facade. You are not happy. You have happy tendencies. You want to be happy, but you, you subjected yourself to this to make this woman happy. You are in love with the struggle. You are in love with the black hole energy that she provides. So you get to put all of your energy into her and it goes out the other end. It's like a tire with a leak with it, with, with, with a, a leak in it. You're constantly exerting your energy, pumping up that tire, and there's a silent It's a leak. And it's a leak and you're trying to find a leak and you what you don't realize is the tire's bad. You're going to to Walmart and you're going to Advanced Auto and you're looking for the tire patch glue and going on YouTube and looking to see how do I get rid? How do I fix this tire? How do I how do I I'm used to winning? How do I fix this tire leak? And everyone is saying, get rid of the tire. Tire's bad. But a man who's used to winning, because it doesn't make sense. It, for years, I said to myself, it doesn't make sense that Will is with the Jada. She doesn't have the kind of energy unless he's a, just a full-on beta male who likes to be abused, who likes to have that strap with the ball in his mouth and gets whooped by his woman because she verbally, she, wh- she whips him emotionally. You can see it. And he sits around like, yeah, I'm, this, yeah, I'm the luckiest man alive. Your children look whatever. And then here's Jada. And I go, none of them have your energy. The energy that he emits when you look at a picture of that family and the way that they all are and him. And a man's family is supposed to be a reflection of him. Facts. A man's family and their energy is a reflection of him. So even when you're in a coupling and you're in a relationship, you will find time that you're using your your, your, your partner's words and phraseology. And sometimes they'll take on your uh, uh, habits and characteristics. It happens with me and my lady. She'll say something. I'm like, yo, that sounds like something I would say. She's like, I know you're rubbing off on me. That's what happens. You have kids and your kids start acting like you. 
you know, and you're like, yeah, that's something I would do. I would have did that when I was their age. I would have did that. You do it. My little nephew, Max, he does little things that remind me of his brother. You know, my, my younger brother has a son and he does little things that I'm like, yeah, Mike, he got that from you. Well, well my brother will go, I don't know where he got that from. I'm like, yeah, you do that a lot. I do? Yeah. Or he'll stay with me for a while and he'll be like, I don't know where he got that from. And he got that from me. And my lady will say, yeah, Max got that from you because you do that. So our children are a reflection of us. Whether we like it or not. We're the ones they spent the most time with. We're going to speak about that. That one through seven. Remember, we talked about that one, one year, zero years old to seven, infancy to seven years old to adolescence. In any case, and, and, and how, how who you are is imprinted in those formative years. In any case, so this August Alcina thing, entanglement, and then she goes on to talk about how the sex isn't good between her and her husband. He's not been able to satisfy her in years. And this is public knowledge during this red table talk. What did I say about diminishing? What did I say? At every single moment and in every single turn, this man has been diminished by this woman. In every other aspect of his life, he is aggrandized and he is rewarded for the work that he puts in. And dare I say rightly so, that man worked. I enjoy a Goodwill movie. It's Goodwill. There's a certain level of Goodwill in it. He knows how to spread that Goodwill and cheer. He has it. And like I said, I've been listening to him since God knows when. Okay? So here we are, the one person that he can't spread that goodwill cheer on and get her to just blah, 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 is his wife. And I look at a picture of he, man, woman, and the children, and everyone is looking down or sulking and has this skulky, golem-like energy. And here he is, acting like Sam Gamgee from Lord of the Rings. Like, hey, you know, I'm just, you know, happy to be. And everybody else is like, ah. The hobbit, the precious, and I see that energy and it emits and I go, what, what's going on? So what we all saw on Sunday night when Will Smith got on stage and smacked Chris Rock across the face, a luminary, Chris Rock, who's been in this industry as long as Will Smith built himself up from just a New York comedian with a couple of punchlines, a couple of, you know, you know, acting roles here and there and turned himself into an A-list all-time great comedian. At one point in time, there were no two comedians that were speaking more about social issues in America than George Carlin. And after George Carlin, there was Chris Rock. He has a skit called Black People versus N-Word People, which is people consider it to be one of his seminal skits, seminal, where, where it sort of cemented him as a credible, legitimate social commentator in America. So what you, and I consider Chris Rock to be an all-time great. He is on my comedic Mount Rushmore. The way he's spoken about relationships in the past, the way he's spoken about race relations in the past, the way he seems to encapsulate complex ideas into one or two sentences, which would take me 35 minutes. But I would get to it, but it would take me a lot longer than a Chris Rock. The genius is in his ability to condense. And that's most comedians. Their ability to condense 
complex information. Find the aha in the haha. Find the profound in the profane and encapsulate it in one or two sentences in a punchline. That's what makes them all-time great commentators. That's what makes them important and essential that they're able to speak their mind and speak their truth and speak our truths and give us their perspective on the on our collective realities. That's why it's important that that Bill Burr gets to say what he wants to say. Dave Chappelle gets to say it. Chris Rock gets to say it. Louis C.K. gets to say it. Hannibal Burris gets to say it. That other kid I like, Carmichael, he gets to say it. It's important. So you smack this man who's a luminary, someone you've known longer than you've known your wife. Your wife is wearing a shaved head because she's suffering from alopecia. Now, everyone who thinks it's okay for Will Smith to defend his woman's honor because she has alopecia, she doesn't have fifth stage gallbladder cancer. Okay? She doesn't have a bald head via chemotherapy. I know a lot of friends with alopecia. Alopecia, granted, being a woman, losing your hair is a big deal. It's a huge deal. It's a huge, 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 huge deal. This woman has suffered from alopecia her whole life. I have friends who've suffered from alopecia. It's non-threatening. It's autoimmune. You live with it. It's not easy. But guess what? Will should know that the entertainment industry has taken it easy on his family since they've put all of their dirty laundry on the street. Since his wife continues to dishonor her children, her husband, and herself and her, her ancestors and her descendants by constantly putting their bedroom business on front street. So a little comment about your bald head should be nothing in comparison to the censorship that your colleagues and peers have shown you, the protection that they've shown you by not ridiculing you at every single turn during their comedy skits because comedians are an opportunistic bunch. They look for the car crashes to comment on as well because it's easy and it's fodder. It's like, oh, Will and Jada got to talk about that. Nope, they didn't do it. The Internet did it. The public did it. Content creators online did it. But the Hollywood mass, his peer group, treated him with kids' gloves. And you needed to give the Chris Rocks and the Dave Chappelles of the world a universal Thank you for taking it easy on me, fellas. I know if you guys could have turned me into a laughing stock, I would have had to. You, thank you. I, I appreciate it because you guys, you would have turned me into something that maybe the Hollywood directors and businesses and corporations would have been like, you know what? We're going to take a break from Will. Will is going through a rough patch right now. We'll, 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 we'll see how this blows over in, in 6 to 12 to 18 months. They could have did that to him and they didn't. They took it easy on them, and I wouldn't have. They treated them like royalty. They made excuses for them. When, 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 when Jada had her fling with her son's friend, everyone take a moment and think about this and reverse the roles. If Will Smith had relations with Willow Smith, his daughter's friend, and that female friend went on every single web outlet crying her eyes out the same way August Alcina did, repeating the same talking points that August Alcina did, says that, Will, I thought he loved me. I thought he was going to be there for me. He told me it was going to be he and I. I feel taken advantage of. Boo-hoo, boo-hoo. Will would have been canceled, boycotted, and buried under the Hollywood sign by women. Instead, 
women gave Jada a pass for doing that same thing to her son's male friend. And they said, oh, well, we don't know what Will's putting her through. Really? Really? We don't know. But what we do know is what she just did and what this boy is saying. So let's not bring in what we don't know. Let's bring in what we do know. And what we do know is that this man, men don't get equity for crying. Women get equity for crying. Women, when women can hustle their tears, start crying and a guy will go, oh my God, sorry. They'll find men to sympathize and empathize and they'll definitely find women to empathize and sympathize. When a man cries, no one goes, wow, it must really be real for this man to be crying because we have told men for generations and for centuries, men don't cry. Boys don't cry. Don't cry. You're crying like a girl. You're acting like a girl. You're showing weakness. We treated crying as if it was some sort of mental deficit when a man does it. But when a woman does it, it's a natural reaction to something that is traumatic and painful. And we've seen many a crocodile tears from many a women who cried about some things that haven't occurred during the Me Too movement. Statements had to be recanted. Stories have been debunked. So we know that certain tears aren't real, but we know men don't get equity. Ain't, there's no currency for a man to visibly show his emotions in that manner. You get ridiculed and you get looked at as weak by both men and women. But this boy was crying and instead of women going, wow, Jada, you made this boy cry. That lifestyle that you're leading and that lifestyle that you're promoting, it seems like it's destroying lives. I don't think I'm co-signing that. I think I'm going to cancel you. If I'm not going to cancel you, maybe your cancellation is pending. Cancellation is pending. I'm going to put you on pause at least. It's like when you're on LinkedIn or Facebook and you, you mute somebody's comments for 30 days or 60 days. You may still like that person. You may still follow that person. You just don't want to see that person's posts all the time. So you mute them. These women didn't mute Jade. I'm not saying cancel, but they didn't even mute her. They supported her and they supported her destroying that August Alcina's uh, boy's life and emasculating her man at the same time. So the question remains, hey, women, what do you want? What do you want? Remember, I have, I have those two episodes up, millennials, who are your giants? Like women, who are your role models? Black women, brown women, white women, whoever, women, people who follow Hollywood, who are your role models for how to live? And how to cooperate with the people in your life. Are these the people? So when you see Will get on a stage and smack one of his luminaries in the face, you know what you're seeing? You're seeing a broken man. He was not defending his woman's honor because his woman never defended his honor. As a matter of fact, she dishonors him. And she's been dishonoring him for the better part of a decade and some change. Because we know way too many stories that have come out of her mouth, not exposés, not hit pieces by gossip journalists, things that she said about her relationship with this man. She's diminished and dishonored him. She's diminished and dishonored the sanctity of what's considered marriage. It doesn't translate what they're doing in Holly weird, in highly weird Hollywood doesn't translate to what's going on in your house right now in New York, in Chicago, in Florida, in Oklahoma, in Texas, in, 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 in Wyoming, in Utah. You're just living your regular life, job, mortgage, 
husband, wife, a baby or two, Disneyland, you know, trip, you know, trying to retire together. You're trying to make sure that the person that's in your life right now is the person that's going to help you wipe your behind when you're in Pampers again. Yeah. How about that? Investing in someone, investing in an idea, committing to it. That's what it is to be human. Our ability to invest and commit to an idea, to an ideal. That's the difference between us and the animal kingdom who works strictly off instinct. Most of it, most of the animal kingdom. Our ability. So these non-committal people, I'm not, and I have nothing against polyamorous relationships and marriages. I'm good. If you're happy, happy. But you're not, you don't look happy. Will had said to his wife, Jada, I don't know if you can be happy. I don't know if I can make you. I don't know if you can be happy because she was looking at Will saying, you can't make me happy. And then Will said, I don't think you know how to be happy. And she said, maybe you're right. So someone who has an inability to be happy, who may have an emotional black hole, like no matter how much positive energy you put into it, it just gets absorbed and it gets destroyed or it comes out the end. Like I said, it's that 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 faulty tire with all the multiple leaks in it. Why are you people listening to these people? Why are you people looking to emulate these people? Why are you people doing this? Why are we? Hollywood is a weapon of mass distraction. It is the greatest propaganda tool that the world has ever created. Whether it's ancient Egypt, whether it's Gr ancient Greece, ancient Rome, whether it's the United States, Edward Bernays, propaganda, whether it's Nazi Germany, Hermann Goebbels, whether it's Stalin, whether it's Lenin, no matter where you are in the world, whether it's... Uh, England and its renaissance the greatest propaganda machine that the world has created is Americans film and entertainment industry it is the greatest it tells us our story about ourselves the way they want our story told and they prop up these fragile broken people as examples for us to watch and the more we take in what they're doing, the more it rewires and reroutes how we look at the world. Many of us are not able to differentiate between these actors performing and what's real life. <clears throat> because you ask a lot of women, what's your example of, a, of, a, of, a, of an ideal couple? They'll say Jay-Z and Beyonce. Or they'll say what Brad and Angelina were. They'll say Ben and Jennifer Lopez or Will Smith and Jada, or when Brad Pitt was with Jennifer Aniston. What do you know about these relationships that makes them so ideal? The picture that they took on the red carpet, the carefully curated interview that they had where the reporter had a list of questions that they were allowed to ask, and they couldn't, they couldn't, everything you're seeing is scripted. None of it is spontaneous. Everything you're seeing is a script. These are performers. But what you saw, March, what was that, 27th, Sunday night, March 27th, 2022, you know what you saw? You saw a man who couldn't perform anymore. You saw a man who saw his carefully crafted image that he's been curating since the year 1987 and before that, and he's been winning, people over winning at life over and over again and the one thing he couldn't win at was was winning over his wife and you can see it in the morose nature of his wife and his children 
that he didn't win. He lost in the most important game. The most important game that we play in this game of life is our family, is that family game. Family matters. When people say BL, this matters and police lives matters, family matters. I'm about that MWCM, man, woman, child matters. And when he, he got on that stage and he really wanted to slap himself, he wanted to slap his woman, he wanted to say, what the heck is going on? You don't slap Chris Rock for making a joke about your wife's bald head, a quick G.I. Jane 2 joke. You don't do that. You don't do that. You don't get on an Oscar stage in the biggest night and your wife loves it because now you get to be as messy as she is. She's been messy. She hung out with messy dudes. The dude she's in love with found himself dead at the age of 25. Tupac was one of the most talented people in Hollywood. He was a the new urban version of a Sammy Davis Jr. Oh, he can perform. He can act. He poet. He can write. I mean, the man is multifaceted. You may not see him that way, but I did. Tupac Shakur was as t one of the most talented, peop talented people in Hollywood. Charisma bursting. He could do whatever he wanted. He was going to win, and he was winning. And so the man that she wanted was living a messy life. Tupac was living a contradictory existence, code breaking and switching all over the place. One minute he's a pro-black activist, the next minute he's talking about this, that, and the third, and blah, 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 and going East Coast, West Coast, the next minute he's doing this, the next minute it's that, and then all of a sudden, bong, 25 years old, barely hitting your stride and gone, finished, killed. That's who she was in love with. The drama, the chaos, the malevolent energies that were surrounding that's who she is. Will was doing good guy rap music. Remember? Good rap. No profanity. See what I'm saying, guys? No profanity. Girls ain't nothing but trouble. I think I can beat Mike Tyson. Bringing a certain amount of levity to the world as opposed to the brevity that others were bringing. That's what he did. He lightens things up. That's his gift. I lighten it up. Lighten up the mood. Lighten up the energy. Bring the energy levels up. Positive vibrations for everyone. Everybody, take a hit of these positive vibes. Positive vibes on me. Everyone in the house, positive vibes, all right? If you looked at his YouTube chat, the outpouring of love that he was getting was genuine. <clears throat> People I know that have met him, I've experienced firsthand some of that energy. I was like, wow, this dude Will is, is, is really, really got it. He has the thing that he can turn on and turn it up. It's on, and then he could turn it up. He's learned how to channel it. Like I said, channel his superhero power. He Professor X's it. His wife, on the other hand, is a doldrum. Respectfully, I can say that. Why can't I? They've made their life public fodder. And the reason why I'm saying that is I'm saying that as a segue to my other episodes about men building and destroying, which I did a week ago or so, or so ago, and another episode about women being in the driver's seat. This world is increasingly female run or this country. 50 plus percent of the workforce is women. The last since 1984, since for, so for the last 36, 37 years, the majority of people who've gone out and voted for the presidency have been women. 52 percent of the medical field, medical students are women. 50 plus percent of law students are women right now. Right now. 
So if you are as oppressed, suppressed, and repressed as you think you are, you wouldn't be at these gold-collar professions. You wouldn't be the majority in these gold-collar professions. There is no better time in the history of women to be a woman than to be an American woman. And Jada Pinkett has used her freedom to be the great emasculator, to show masculine energy, to find a way to diminish a man who exalts her in perpetuity. So if he was defending her honor, when has he defended his honor? When it looks as if she's been dishonoring him all the time. If you ask any real man who's been in a real relationship or who is in a real marriage right now and has been married for, let's say, over five years and ask him, what do you want Jada Pinkett to be his wife? He'd be like, nah, I'll take her money, but I don't want I don't want her. That's what he would say. You ask him if you were to do a poll. So if that's the case, women, when men hear that you're a Jada fan, we run from you. There was a girl that I really liked. I liked her a lot. Very cute, very pretty. And I remember I was watching, she was wa- I called her and she was watching this show. And I think the show was named Flipped or some show where it was constantly, it, the whole show had to deal with women who had killed their husbands for various reasons, whether it was through self-defense because of domestic violence or just because they just killed them for whatever. I can't remember the name of the show. So I was on the phone with her and we it, we were getting semi-serious. We were really treating each other as if, wait, she's investing into what I'm doing. I'm investing in her. We're, we're going to see if this is going to be exclusive. And I was like, so what are you watching? She was like, oh, I'm watching this show. I think it's, I can't remember the name. She was like, flipped or whatever. I was like, what's that about? Oh, it's about women who kill their husbands. I love this show. It's a marathon. I'm on my third episode. I said, you love this show. I said, why do you love this show? I don't know. I just, I just, I don't know. It's something about the women just, and I said, oh, okay. I started laughing because you know what happened after that? I took her off of the exclusive list and I put her into the fling pile. So I flinged her into my fling pile and said, eh, she's not going to be wifey. Out of all the choices that you had to make, you chose that show to marathon? It means you living vicariously through these murderous women? I'm good. That's how we think about women. We, we, men, we talk. We sit in each other's cars. We drive around. We talk. We're at the barbershop. And if we hear that you're, if we're on the phone with a girl and we're like, hey, so what do you like? What kind of music do you like? Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. All right. All right. So what, what kind of food do you like to eat? Yeah. What's your favorite song? All right. So who's your favorite couple? Like, who, if, who's your favorite couple? Who's a couple that you look at in your family or in entertainment? Who do you look at? You know, when you, you know, you know people out there you know what i'm doing that q a that you do when you first meet somebody and there she's asking you questions about this that and the third and you're crying you're creating a sort of outline for her you're, you have that little questionnaire creating a little blueprint of, 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 of what this person is and she goes oh yeah i just love will and jada red flag like oh really Oh, well, why? Well, okay, that's cool. That's cool. That's cool. That's what we're going to say. That's cool. That's cool. That's cool. Because remember, we're not going to completely cut you off because we do have a pile for women we want to fling with. So we, we'll just take you out of the wifey pile or the maybe the five figure ring pile, the get on bended knee and ask you for your hand till death do us pile. And we'll put you in the after midnight. 
I'll show up and I'll leave before 6 a.m. pile. There's always that pile. So we're just trying to ascertain which pile you're going to be in. The permanent employee pile or the per diem pile. The 1099 contractor pile. I'll call you when I need you pile. And it's not going to be everyday pile. So when she goes, oh, yeah, because I just like Jada because Jada's really out there. She's just, you know, living her truth and she's just out there. She's not taking anything from anyone and she has her own. Oh, OK, cool, cool, cool. There's a lot of women that have their own opinions on things and are very strong and very this, that and the third. But OK. And in our mind, that's what we're saying. We're not saying it to the woman, to the woman. What she hears is, oh, all right, all right, all right. And then they'll ask us, so what do you think about Jaden Will? Oh, I think they're all right. We're not going to say much. We've just already put you in the pile. We tell our boys, yo. This, 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 this chick, I thought she was going to be, you know what I mean, in the wifey pile, but she loves Jada Pinkett, so I'm putting her in the, uh, she's in the, for the streets pile. Like, okay. And we'll start laughing about it. This is what we do. It's what we do. Because we know if these are the people that you've psychically invested in, you're going to emulate that behavior. That's how you want to live. Jada Pinkett is not a traditional wife, and she said it time and time and time again. And Will was acting as if he didn't want a traditional relationship. But yet, look what that look what this non-traditional situation has cost him. He's jumping on stage talking about keep my wife's name out of your mouth and et cetera, et cetera, using all types of profanity while the international stage is watching. The biggest night in entertainment is the Oscars. It's not the Grammys. It's not the Rolling Stone. It's not the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It's not the Tonys or the Emmys. It's the Academy Awards. Everyone from all over the world has a movie, a documentary is being represented. Every continent is in the building and every continent has contributed. Almost every continent has a nomination. They are vested. World leaders tweet out congratulations to the winners and the nominees from their country. And on the world's biggest stage in your profession, you go on stage and you slap a man and you tell that man to keep his wife's name out of. You should be telling your wife to keep your name out of her mouth because the carefully crafted image that you've curated and created over the last almost 40 years Every time she gets on the air, she's finding a way to plug a hole in it so she can create the same leak in your persona that she has in her soul. And she won on Sunday. And both of those damned fools, I'm not saying need to be canceled, but they definitely should be in serious con uh, consideration for muting. I personally am done with Will. 150%. Not going to... I love Bad Boys 1, love Bad Boys 2, love Men in Black, loved Hitch. Actually, I watch Hancock. I'm one of those people that love that show, that, that movie Hancock. I wish he did a second one. I thought that was going to be his franchise. It's awesome. I thought it was an awesome, I personally thought it was an awesome movie. I, I'm one of those people who likes Wild Wild West. I like iRobot. I like a lot of Will's movies. A lot of them. I like the... I, I am legend. What? How many times have I watched I am legend? How many times have I said, eh, what am I going to watch tonight? My, my lady always says, you seem to watch the same movies over and over again. I say, I reason why it's because they elicit a certain emotion that I like. So if I can get that feeling from watching a particular movie, I'm going to watch it again until that feeling runs out. And I watch I am legend. Love it. I watch I robot for whatever reason. I love it. I think it's a good movie.
I think it's a good movie. So I have a catalog of Will movies that's almost 15 deep. The movie he did with his son, Pursuit of Happiness. Then the other movie he did with his son when they were uh, space travelers and they landed on some island or some planet and they had to teach, you know, he had to, he, Will was injured and his son had to go out onto this jungle island and figure out how to survive to bring things back to the ship. I thought that movie was fantastic. So, you know, I didn't like his role in Ali. I thought he was going to make a great Muhammad Ali. I didn't like that Ali. I liked the Ali that was in One Night in Miami, directed by Regina King. That Ali didn't even look like Ali, but embodied Ali more. But in any case, I'm a big Will Smith fan as a performer. I am. I have a lot of his movies in the catalog. I have since deleted those movies off of my watch lists and lists and menus. I've deleted them. Because I told you, I, he had already lost 75% of the support I had for him. But I still watched King Richard because I'm a big fan of King Richard, uh, uh, Richard Williams, Venus and Serena Williams' father. And I'm a big fan of both Venus and Serena. So I was compelled to watch it. And I felt I owed it. I said I need to be counted as a stream. So I watched it too. But I had a problem with it because it was Will. And I was done with Will because of the bigger conversation that needs to be had in this country about our celebrity worship, about how many men and women out there in society want to emulate stars. So art isn't imitating life anymore. Our lives are trying to imitate these performers lives. And so Jada Pinkett is introducing certain relationship dynamics that she hasn't even mastered yet she hasn't mastered to the point where she could teach a class on polyamorous relationships look at the lives that have been destroyed her children wanted to be emancipated at 16 years old they wanted to leave they didn't want any part jade didn't want any part of that he's like i'm out of here now you're having sex with my friend what are we doing in, in my father's house you couldn't afford this house his $20 million up front and his $100 million potential per movie is what paid for all of this. Not your little red table talk or your little endeavors or your little little appearance as Niobe in Matrix or whatever. No, that's not paying any rent. That's not paying any bills. This, these castles and these compounds that they live on, that's Will's blood, sweat, and tears. That's his carefully curated, crafted, created image over all this time. She took his carefully crafted, curated image and cremated it. And he has all the blame because as a man, you have access to marriage. She has access to intimacy, but you have to get on bended knee. Granted, she has to say yes, but you have to ask. You're the one who goes and gets the ring and plans the day. When I was planning my proposal for my lady, I called multiple women that have been married for decades. I said, how do I do this? I'm going to propose in the middle of a pandemic. I'm trying to find the most romantical place to do it. But we're not living in, in a, we're not in a romantical era at the moment. And one, one of my good friends, she was a librarian at one of my first colleges out in Florida. Uh, and she said, June, do it. Don't overthink it. This is the woman for you. You love her. Do it. Get on that knee and just do it. I don't care if it's in a parking lot. It's in a park. It's a, just do it. And I was like, OK. That's what I did. This is a traditional woman who comes from a traditional relationship, someone I trust. And I said, how do I do this? 
while the rest of America were watching these people on television. And, and I'm speaking to, to women and I'm speaking to women of color right now who are being overworked, who are in their mid to late or in their late twenties or mid twenties or even, and they're like, um, where's the guy for me? If you're a black woman in America or you identify as black or art or you are identified as black, only three out of 10 of you will be married in your lifetime. You will be and in the likelihood is that you're going to be a single mother and you're going to opt to do it on your own. But the statistics show that children born from single parent households have lower IQs and a higher propensity for juvenile delinquency. You can show me all the stats of the kids who've made it in a single parent household, but that doesn't mean it's to be done. That is anecdotal. That is not the norm. The normal over 50 plus percent will be juvenile delinquents. That's what the stats are saying. Those kids are going to find their fathers in a gang. They're going to search for love because they're living in an incomplete love. Where's my father? You mean my father didn't love me enough to be with me just because he didn't want to be with you? You can never overcompensate. You cannot compensate for the lack of a male role model in your child's life. And I don't mean the basketball coach or the pastor at your church. I mean every day dedicated where that boy knows that my daddy's there for me and that girl knows my daddy's there for me i see my daddy every other day i see my daddy every three four days i'm with my daddy all the time you can't substitute that i don't care how many ps P playstations you buy tablets sneakers how many hugs you give how many times you tell him you was smart and you was kind and you was important i don't care how many times you do that you cannot replace the man the WIC check, the EBT check, your paycheck, your streams of income, your side hustles, your main hustles, none of them are going to replace the man. The likelihood that your child will be hurt and traumatized, there's a higher likelihood of that than not. That they're not going to marry, that they're going to be single parents, that your child may end up in a teen pregnancy whether it's the boy getting a teenage girl pregnant or the girl getting, uh, getting pregnant herself because they don't have the example of what a traditional situation looks like. You guys need to stop following these celebrities and their little multi-million dollar alternative lifestyles. You need to mute it. You need to mute them and don't pay attention. If Jada is not in a movie, there's nothing she's got to say to you. Will, you're not acting? Got nothing. You got nothing for me. Don't tell me about your poly this and poly that. You haven't even mastered this thing. You're a 50-plus-year-old woman, and some 20, 30-year-old kid is crying. 23 man is crying. But then women were like, oh, well, he's grown up. Yeah, you see, it's funny. When a woman gets into a situation, a romantic situation in her 20s, she's a girl. She's a child. When a boy, a black boy, commits a crime and he's in his teens, he gets tried as an adult, and no one says a word. Just saying. Just say, oh, he knew better. He, had the, he has the proper capacity to understand the requisite consequences of said actions. Blah, 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 blah. We took an IQ test. These, these functional, high functioning. Uh, we're not doing what the women say. I, I, I was taken advantage of. He told me he was going to love me and I didn't know. And I, and I and crying. And then all of a sudden, empathy and sympathy comes out of nowhere. The outpouring. Meanwhile, Chris Rock isn't getting any empathy and sympathy now. I'm hearing a lot of hens, especially single women, women who aren't married. There are a whole lot of women who have not been married, who have not been engaged, who are sitting around defending Will Smith's situation, talking about, oh, yeah, he defended her honor. 
Mm. But these are the same women that were defending her when she was dishonoring Will. That supported her and defended her when she was dishonoring Will. So now Will dishonors himself, breaks every code of conduct between men, slaps another man in the face on public te on live television, tries to justify it, gives a corporate canned apology. And you have the likes of Tiffany Haddish talking about that was the most beautiful thing I ever seen. Unmarried. 40 plus years old, unmarried. Can't keep a man. So be very careful and be very wary of these people because no one would be with Jada if it wasn't for Will. And Jada would be, oh, Jada would be in messes right now. She would be tabloid fodder more than she is if she wasn't with Will. She would be looking for something messy because that's where she comes from. That's what she wants. And she finally got Will to act as messy as she wanted. Because Tupac might have jumped on stage and slapped Chris Rock. That was a Tupac move. But Will, you're not Tupac. You've been carefully curating and creating this nice guy image for the last 35 years. But she finally got to see him. That's why she smiled with that malevolent maleficent smirk when he accepted his award on stage with tears in his eyes and this mr perfect was now sh up there in all of his weakness in the biggest night of his entertainment life for the world to see you have people like me who supported you well before the mainstream audience cared what you were doing i was invested and i'm divested fully like there's no coming back from it, especially afterwards when you're partying with your trophy in your hand as opposed to taking yourself to the first psychiatric clinic you can find and say, yo, you know. Instead, everyone's making apologies for him and then women are going, hey, he defended her honor. Because women have a hard time checking other women. And that's something we're going to speak about in this new a of in this new era of Me Too and about time and chopping down the male patriarchy, what are women going to do now to check other women that are not consistent? Because you women wouldn't want your sons to date a Jada Pinkett and marry a Jada Pinkett. Am I wrong? I want you guys to ask yourself that question. Would you want your son marrying a Jada Pinkett? If you have a son, if you were married, Hypothetically, and you have a child, a boy, would you want him want him marrying Jada Pinkett as a mother? Would you want Jada Pinkett speaking about their relation, the relationship that she has with her, with your son and all the intimate details and cheating on your son, even though in their eyes it's not cheating and then breaking other hearts? Would you want your son affiliated, aligned with that? Would you want that to be your daughter in law? Would you want that woman to be your daughter in law? No, I'll answer it for you. So if that's the case, what are women? Because women now are the woke movement of women. They're the ones doing all the canceling. They're the ones with the Twitter fingers and the Instagram fingers and his hashtag cancel this one. Hashtag you're a you're a perv. Hashtag you're a boomer. Hashtag you're out of touch. Blah, blah, blah. What are you guys going to do about Jada and Will? Hmm? His inability to satisfy her. <clears throat> And him being Mr. People Pleaser and being a beta who likes to get beat up on by his woman, maybe not by anyone else, but he lets his woman beat up on him constantly, has led him to put his hands on another man. And I ask you another question. Would we be okay with Will Smith slapping Jerry Seinfeld for the same joke, the same people that are defending him? 
Hollywood, there's so many, the Hollywood machine has come out and said, oh, don't cancel Will. Mm, don't cancel Will. Why not? Why not? Oh, because he was defending her honor, but her dishonoring him was okay. Yeah, guys, that's why I'm bringing this up. It's about who is the worthy victim and who is the unworthy victim, which is an episode I've done later on. Who's the worthy victim and who's the unworthy victim? Chris Rock, Chris Rock is doing a monologue. Has anybody heard what Ricky Gervais did a couple of years ago? Well, he pretty much indicted that whole room for being a bunch of racist pedophiles. They all could have jumped on the stage and gave him a good stomping. He pretty much, it was uncomfortable for me. And I love that stuff. I love scathing, provocative uncomfortable commentary that makes me go Ugh. and even i was like oh my god yo yo rick lay off yo it's almost as if he did that specifically so he wouldn't get called back like i hope they don't call me to do this again i'm doing this specifically so many of you out there will be like you know what we don't want ricky to do this you know go behind the scenes and speak to the academy and go we don't want rick gervais to be the host again he indicted the whole room it was the most scathing monologue i've seen in academy award history it's a classic bit classic go back and listen to ricky gervais english english comedian went in completely oh my gosh it was it was rough i was like Whew. if i was one of those guys sitting in the audience i'd be like damn especially so many of them are guilty of the things that ricky gervais was speaking about but in any case you go on stage because he says gi jane Will Smith, you go on stage and you slap Chris Rock, your your peer, a person that you came up through the ranks of, quote unquote, black Hollywood, which is a thimble full small. You can fit the successful black actors, actresses, comedians, directors and producers. You can put them all in one room, a small room, maybe even a classroom, a kindergarten classroom. That's how many black players they are. It's a small fraternity, a sorority, tiny of successful, like successful that can actually call themselves millionaires and that have been around for three. How many decades is that? 80s, 90s, 2000s, 2010s and 2020s. So Will Smith has been around for five decades in entertainment. Chris Rock has been around for four to five decades in entertainment. Chris Rock was on the, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air show. That's how far back they go. Just in case you like, well, June, how do you know they know each other? Chris Rock was on that show. He had an appearance on that show. Like I said, black Hollywood is very small. Those who identify as black or, or are identified as black in Hollywood are a tiny, tiny minority. Okay? The ones that are successful. The ones that can claim millionaire status and can claim two, three, four decades of success, <clears throat> that list gets even smaller. When you consider the successful ones, the, like I said, success, not just every aspiring to be. I'm talking about that room where checks get cut and cashed, real money. That Kevin Hart, Eddie Murphy, Will Smith money. That money, it's a tiny room. Tiny room, but those guys can consistently get those those numbers from Hollywood producers and, and corporations. And that's who you smack. That's who you smack. Someone who's part of the fraternity. That's who you smack. Would you have smacked Jerry Seinfeld? You wouldn't have smacked The Rock. 
if The Rock was up there saying, hey, what's up, Jada, you bald head looking, blah, 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 pool stick looking, you look at you looking like a pool cue. Where's my, looking like the eight ball corner pocket. Ha, 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 ha. You think Will would have got on the stage and done anything if it was The Rock? But Will being six feet plus, 200 something pounds, has a ton of, of, of combat training due to all of the action roles that he's done. And Chris Rock being all but 5'6", five, 5'7", five, 150 pounds wet. Hmm? Comedian, no action roles, just holding a microphone in his mouth doing the work. Yapping with his caustic style of comedy. And you two, Jada, and Will, you've been public figures for th how many decades? And Chris Rock's G.I. Jane was the quote-unquote last straw. Because she has alopecia, a non-life-threatening disease that causes baldness. And she's been wearing a short haircut since the 90s. And she just finally decided to go, quote-unquote, bald. What are we talking about, people? Stop it. And he defended her honor. If you believe that he defended her honor, good. I want you to ask yourself a question. The same women that are saying that, would you want your son to date and marry and procreate with Jada Pinkett Smith? Would you want Jada to take on your family's last name and do to your son what she's been doing to Will over the last couple of decades? Those same people. That's what that's what I want to know. In any case, guys, we'll talk about this later. I've gone on for almost two hours. I mean, I've just because I can go on and add many, many different layers to this, but I don't need to. But I just want to add when are women and the, and the premise is going to be are women. Women are the ones that are leading the woke charges. The cancel culture is more of a women, female-based culture. So my thing is, when are you guys going to check other women? Because it seems like you only check people that disagree with women. But you don't check other women that much. You'll check a man for checking a woman. Right? I've seen women cancel women who've aligned themselves with male perspectives like oh no she's not one of us you really want this to be something adversarial hmm? because it's you know when you when you when you're saying we show love and support to people in ukraine and this that and the third you know what you're saying support to you're saying support you're giving support to the men who are going to lose their lives in this struggle while the while they go protect women and children there's some women fighting, but it's the majority men. When we thank our service troops and our troops and our support, our troops, guess what? It's men that feel a call to duty that they leave their women and children to go fight because they feel that they're doing their job as protectors. That's encoded in our DNA. This whole adversarial double standard man woman thing. That's why the woke generation is going through so much of a conundrum trying to trying to cement its legitimacy like i spoke about in woke in the, with uh millennials who are your giants i spoke about that at nauseum at length not at nauseum <clears throat> like your message is contradictory oftentimes it borders on the hypocritical it, it 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 it's it's mired in double standards so women not checking women right now um flies in the face of a lot of your movements because you're supposed to be, it's only as good, your movement is only as good as your ability to check itself and reflect and improve on your movement. So you should be able to say, you're, Jada, no. Jaden will, sorry. This abhorrent behavior, it's not what we're about. 
all the kids that want to be actors and actresses that are watching the Academy Awards and all the black men and black boys out there are like, man, I want to be an actor too. And I want to be like Will, man. Will won for King Henry. And then they go back and they find out what King Henry actually did. Richard Williams did for his daughters coming from Compton to the, to the, to the, to the world stage of tennis and winning and having two of his daughters be champions and model citizens. What? not knowing anything about tennis, not being a tennis pro, reading about it and, and creating a blueprint for his two daughters' lives. And look at Venus and look at Venus and Serena now. That's a man. The irony is Will won an Academy Award for playing the man that he wishes he was because the Williams sisters are a reflection of their father. Those women are strong. Those women are intelligent. Those women are disciplined. Those women are formidable. I have nothing but the utmost respect and admiration for Venus and Serena Williams. Nothing but. I would defend them in multiple circles. I will. I'd be like, nah, nope. I find Serena Williams especially and then Venus to be one of the foremost athletes of the 20, 21st century. Venus and Serena. I put them up there with the LeBrons and the Floyd Mayweathers, and I put Serena in them right there. Right there. And that's just athletically. But what they've done for girls that want to play tennis, dark-skinned girls who want to play tennis, coming from where they came from to where they are now, it's unbelievable. So when you look at them, they are walking, and you hear, and you hear the way that Serena and Venus speak about their father. father. It's in reverential terms. When I saw Richard Williams standing next to his daughters, I was like, man, that's family. I believed. I was like, that's family. So Will tried to use Richard Williams and say, oh, well, you know, sometimes art imitates life and I think I'm still in character, Richard Williams' character. No, that's not Richard Williams. That wasn't Richard Williams. Because Richard Williams would not be with a wife like your wife. Richard Williams would not produce the offspring that you, 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 you produced. Sorry, buddy. Don't put his name in that. He, Richard is home, you know, 80 years old, you know, recovering from a stroke. And even in, in his diminished capacity, he's like, man, you ain't me. You ain't me, bruh. Sorry, bruh. No way. My daughters are a reflection of, look at those two role models. Look at those two archetypes. You could build statues. If I had two little girls right now, if I was raising daughters, I'd be like, you see Serena, see, see Venus. I want you guys to be like those two girls. Me as a dad, if I were to be a father, I'd be like, you know what? I need to go read Richard Williams books. I need to get affiliated with people that he was affiliated with. And I need to find out the blueprint that he used because look at those two girls. It's, it's almost, it's the odds of him having two world champion tennis greats as daughters coming from where they came from. I mean, what are the odds? I need, I need a statistician, a mathematician to tell me what the odds are. I think you'd probably have a better, better chance of winning $100,000 in the lotto, a scratch-off. That's some winning a scratch-off. And he had a blueprint. It wasn't luck. It wasn't happenstance. It, the man had reams of paper that he wrote down. This is how it's going to be. Are you kidding me? So the, the irony is the movie he won for, he's not that man. You ain't that guy. My guy, you're not that guy. That, that's what's funny. If you were that guy, you wouldn't be in the situation that you were in to feel compelled to slap another grown man in the face on international television for some innocuous, very benign comment. Whoa. 
Anyway, guys, this is probably the last time I'm going to speak about this, but I'm glad I added that little tidbit at the end that, yeah, Will, you're not Richard Williams. You, I wish you were. I wish you were more like him and less like who you are now. You know, I wish you were like the character that you portrayed. So the, he tried to use that character in his speech because Richard Williams was a very confrontational man. Will Smith is the opposite of confrontational. He's the passive diffuser. Richard had to take the world by the horns for his daughters, for his family. Will, you were, you were a millionaire by the time you started having kids. Stop it. It's not the same story. Don't act like you had to imitate Richard Williams to get to that point. Uh, the, that's what got you to get on stage and hit Chris Rock. You were still in character. Dude, that movie ended how many? Dude, you get an Oscar for the movie. Relax. That movie was a long time ago. <clears throat> you know what that was? That was all of that beta male, all of the ridicule that you've received from your wife and from people and having your life having your woman the woman that you've shared a bed with the woman that you 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 fathered you, you've parented children with that person after you've carefully crafted and created and curated this image you have this person that's in your bed that's constantly plugging holes into this thing that you've created trying to turn this house of bricks into a house of cards that's your legacy my brother that's your legacy and that's why men like me who want to stand as an example of how to be strong and withstand the rigors of this world. Men like me can't have men like you as examples. Men like me have to cancel men like you. We have to put you on mute like we do those pages on our Instagram that we're tired of seeing, but we just don't want to completely unfollow. But I'm unfollowing. I'm unfollowing and blocking. You know what I mean? That's me with, 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 with Will right now. And there's a lot of guys who agree with me. There's some who are like, June, I'm not taking it to that capacity. I'm like, I have to because I see the macro in all of this. I see how influential and the indoctrination that occurs, how influential these people are into the lives of normal citizens who are living their mundane, boring existences or they at least believe that their existences are mundane and boring and they're looking at the screen and going, I want to be that. And the way that they live starts to seep into your vocabulary. You're reading less, you're imagining less, you're thinking less, but you're listening to these individuals more and more. No, no, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. So that's why I have to go to the extremes with certain things. If it offends you, cut it off. Offends me. It offends all of my sensibilities. And that's why I have to put that out there. So Will, Jada, uh, Jada, I, I don't pay attention to Jada, but Will, my man, 1980, I, I go back. I, I go back listening to all of those records, having all of those cassettes. I'm done, like finished. Like, dude. I don't I'm not I'm not streaming another Will movie. I'm not doing any of that. And there's, there's a short list of actors that I won't watch. And he's on it now that if I see their movie and I used to like it, I won't watch it anymore. He's on that list now. Sorry. Nothing more I can say on that. In any case, this will be uploaded today. I think March 29th or March 30th. I'll move the other things around. But this was great. Two hours long. Just goes to show you how much I have to say on this subject. I wish I had an editing software where I can edit this. But yeah, guys, take your time with this one. It may take you two, three days to get through it, but get through it. All right. Till we speak again. Bye-bye.